Good morning, Anchorite! Yes, it's Spike Pit here, folks. Colin Green, the Spike Pit. I'm done working. The weekend is officially starting here. So, I've had a pretty hard week. It's worn me down, but do I care? I do not, because I am relentless. I am relentless in my pursuit of gaming. Um, played some D&D last night with my youngest... Uh, just come through the front door and he said, oh, Dad, are we playing D&D tonight? So I'm going to have to rustle something out of the hat. Um, I kind of, if I'm honest, I probably saw it coming. So, yeah, I've got a few ideas. But, yeah, we had a cool game last night. And then tomorrow and Sunday, I'm off to a little another local convention. I was one, at one last weekend at uh, Concrete Cow this weekend I'm going to ClinchCon which is like a more uh, invitation only affair uh, in a small hall in a village out in the sticks and that'll be super cool however it is board gaming but that's fine man that's fine okay so let's get this thing started I've got a few call-ins if you notice in the background it's kind of noisy that's because uh I've got my eldest son there, the funky drummer, playing in the background. And I don't want to put him off his practice, so we'll just, uh, we'll just see how it comes out. First up then, let's see. Hey Colin, it's Cody M here. Um, I was just listening to your last episode um, where you were talking about the Appendix in Book Club podcast. And uh, yeah, I have to agree, it's a great great podcast. They... Um, They've covered quite a bit of the appendix in so far, and um, yeah, it's pretty interesting to listen. And it, it and it it's cool because if you're not sure which book you want to pick up, you can just pop in, listen to a quick episode, and um, and go from there. Um, another one you should check out if you're if you like the appendix and book club is the Sanctum Sacorum. Um, they kind of do the same thing. They go through the appendix in, but then they apply it specifically to Dungeon Crawl classics. So they stat out some of the creatures that they encounter in these novels and um, or NPCs or locations or what have you. Um, but yeah, anyway, you should check it out. Um, and I guess I'll talk to you later, but take it easy. Okay, folks, so that was Cody M, Cody the Mysterious, the man from moderating the Audio Dungeon Discord channel. If you've not been on the Discord, uh, Jason Hobbs and uh, Jose and somebody else, I'm forgetting. Well, basically, Audio Dungeon Discord channel, that's the place to go if you want to sort of hang out and chat with fellow anchorites friends uh, uh um fans of hobbs and friends and hex talk and all the sort of um hobbsonian stuff that you might think about and osre type things um yeah and cody he's a moderator on the discord and he'll help you out with your, with your technical issues if you've got them he's sort of like he's always on there i I don't know how he gets to be on there all the time. (laughs) This is a subject for much debate. But he's on there all the while, um, getting conversations going and chatting with people. And he's always got uh, his finger on the pulse. And, you know, in fairness, he's a bit of a younger guy, but for sure he knows his stuff. He's always got helpful tips and advice and generally uh, what we would call in the UK, down south, we would call a diamond geezer. 
So there you go. That's one for the fellas across the pond. A diamond geezer. Um, a little colloquialism. Good grief. Okay, so uh, we'll be hearing from Cody later. So thanks for calling in, mate. Always appreciated. What we got next? Wow, I'm getting ahead of myself in my enthusiasm to push on. I, I forgot to say, yes, uh, Sanctum Socorum uh, and the Appendix M Book Club. Yeah, like I said before, the book club really cool. But I have uh, listened to Sanctum Socorum and um, that's also really good. And it, every time I listen to it, it makes me get that sort of urge to dig out my DCC and uh, get it to the table. But, oh man, there's so many games in there, you know, and sort of so little time, really. But I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that know that feeling. Hey Colin, Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets. Wishy-washy game design. Well, I think that's why you're tinkering with death saves, right? There's a lot uh, that's encoded in 5th edition that is rulings, not rules. And instead of using a rules light system and uh, doing away with a lot of their rules, they put in these wishy-washy rules where, um, yeah, illusions, how do they work? It's kind of hard to tell. Um, there's a lot of little things in 5th edition that are just up to a DM. And I don't like some of that stuff, you know? I like I like to be told, hey, this is what this does and this is how it works. Not, this is what it does, you figure out how it works. Um, but I, I think that's why you're tinkering. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with tinkering, man. So keep on at it. So that was Rich Fraser. Cheers, Rich. Cockatrice Nuggets is his anchor cast. And if you're not listening, check it out. I did a shout out on my last episode and... Um, yeah, I think, I think he's doing a really good job. Now, I want to pick out two key phrases from what he had to say. One is wishy-washy rules, and the other is tinkering, tinkering, tinkering. Ah, where'd you start? Okay, so I've been doing some thinking. i put a shout-out to everyone who's listening to kind of chip in with their thoughts on uh, hacks and uh, like home rules house rules for 5e i've had uh you know a reasonable amount of feedback over a few episodes and i i am at a little i'm in a little bit of a quandary if anybody was listening to uh, rfed i don't know what he phoned into hmm who did he phone into now i can't remember but rfed my brother is he is not a big fan of house rules seemingly um, and that's quite understandable i wouldn't say i'm a massive fan but like rich was saying it uh you know it, it's almost if you're playing 5e it's almost impossible not to kind of tinker a bit because of the other thing the wishy-washiness I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but sometimes you you just want a rule system that's going to kind of lay it out there, nail their colours to the mast and tell you, this is what you do, like the Ten Commandments, you know, from above, you will do this. But not the case with 5e, unfortunately. So I've been 
mincing around with death saves. Uh, the other thing, yeah. Now, so this is, we're getting on to something I wanted to talk about. Um, so let me let me stop there. Let me pause there and just say thanks again to Rich Fraser. You're knocking it out of part, mate. Let's hear another call in. Hey, Colin. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor here. Completely understand why you edited it, and I apologize for dropping F-bombs. I forgot you got little ones listening to it, so I will restrain from excessive explicit language there. So, As far as uh, 5e goes, my uh, rants for the short rest are a little bit notorious. Not a big fan of those. But um, sometimes it's one of those deals where if you're going to play the game, just play the game. Um, sometimes when we tweak with it, it just kind of messes with the system or whatever too much. Cause I know sometimes I've tried to make 5e more like a, uh, you know, OSR game and it's just, a, it doesn't work the way I want it to work. So I just play, you know, BX Essentials, a game that does fit what I, I want to do and everything. So sometimes it's hard to fit the square peg in the round hole. Yeah, nicely put, Tim. Tim Shorts, Goffridge Manor. Check him out if you haven't already. Uh, check out his Patreon as well. He's got a bunch of stuff on there. Little adventures, maps, NPC cards. Uh, all manner of stuff. Uh, a embarrassment of riches. But yeah, you hit it. Hit the nail on the head there, I think, Tim. Um, uh, square peg, round hole. Sometimes... Well, this is my problem. So... Okay, I'm for tinkering, I'm not for tinkering. Colin the Conflicted, that's what I should call myself. Um, I don't know what to do for the best, really. I, I kind of agree with Rich, you know, tinker away. I agree with Tim, don't tinker, play something else. Oh, and it's worth noting, I've just uh, been on drive through and I've, I've got myself uh, a hard copy of BX Essential... Uh, BX Essentials core rules coming, so I'm uh, I'm gonna go through that. I've got the PDF. I've had a quick look. It it looks pretty sweet, but there are a few quirky things with BX that I'm I'm not totally cool with. So uh, perish the thought. There could be some tinkering. Hey, Colin. This is Chuck with playing it wrong. Sorry to hear about your PvP stuff. Um, follow everybody's advice. Talk it out and see what happens. But on your 5e death saves thing, I had an idea. I haven't tested it yet, but I think it might be fun. Basically, the rules stay the same. It's just that the fallen character doesn't make their saves until somebody checks on them. So if it takes the party five rounds to get to that character, they make five death saves, and they might be dead before the party checks. Pretty simple, doesn't change the rules, but it puts a little bit of extra tension and excitement into the uh, the session and the combat encounter. All right, Colin, keep up the good work, man. Thanks a lot. So that's Chuck Foreign from Playing It Wrong on Anchor. Yeah, um, death saves. I think that's an interesting idea, Chuck. It reminds me of something that, that um, I think it's DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, someone goes down in combat. They're they're like unconscious, and then when everything settles down um, after the combat or whatever, you go over to the your your casualty or your potentially dead character, and they make a roll. Uh, 
to find out whether they've survived or expired. I forget what the name of the role is, but it's just a one-off thing, and they turn them over, and they either, oh, no, they're dead, or, wee, they're okay. Um, like I say, I've read DCC, I haven't played it, and it's all a little bit sketchy in my mind now, but I think what you're talking about is a similar thing, but you're, like, ramping it up a little bit, so if you leave them too long, you know, they've got to make more rolls. So... Yeah, yeah, that, that that could work. However, I think I may have left it all a little bit too late in the campaign for making kind of a a death-related rule change. You know, uh, we've been playing in this campaign that I've been running. We've been playing over two years, and um, yeah, I've I've had a couple of like side conversations. Uh, I've talked to my kids and stuff, and. Uh, I think I'd get a lot of resistance to changing the death save rules that are in the player's handbook. So I'm going to leave it as it stands for now, play some other systems, try them out. But uh, yeah, I'm drawing a curtain across death saves for now and I'm going to go rules as written. But yeah, I've got a sneaky suspicion that it's not the best. Hey, Colin, this is Cody M again. I was uh, just calling in about not your previous episode, but the one before that. Um, I think it's super cool you're out supporting your local conventions. That's uh, pretty important, especially in our hobby. You know, that's what kind of kind of keeps this thing rolling. Um, and um, I'm glad that your friendly fire incident was all wrapped up. You know, um, sounds like you had a good conversation with the DM and the player and everyone involved. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you got a wrap on that, bud. Um, anyway, I look forward to uh, to more more episodes from you, sir. And I will uh, catch you later. Bye bye. So that was the last of the call-ins for this episode, and that's the magnificent, magnanimous, mysterious Cody M. All the M's. Um, yeah, I do like a local con. Um, yeah, as folks who are regular listeners will know, I do get a little bit anxious. I suffer a little bit of anxiety at times. And super big conventions tend to tend to be a bit triggery for me. I don't exactly know why. Um, yeah. I don't really get I don't really get social anxiety so much. It's just that I just get anxious. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, for me, my anxiety is a bit of a sort of stage fright thing. Uh, well, that's what I compare it to. Uh, you know, funny stomach. Just maybe don't sleep so well the night before. Just um, oh, I don't know. Just feel a bit nauseous and stuff. But thankfully, with the smaller cons and the ones that I'm a regular at, especially this one that's coming up is basically a family and friends type of thing. You know, there may be, well, only 20 to 30 people and we're just sitting around playing board games. You know, that's no sweat at all. And uh, it's a two-day thing. Um, It's near enough that I just drive up there with OR fed and... uh, my eldest son and then maybe my mum or my dad or my mum and dad sometimes go 
and uh, Arfed's partner. So it's pretty chill. And uh, yeah, you've got to support these things. It's a good chance to meet up with old friends and maybe make a few new ones. So thanks for calling in, Cody. Take care of yourself. And um, call in again soon. Right. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about was... um, uh, I've been playing this one-to-one gaming again. Tim was talking about it. I've been talking about it. Uh, it's been on the it's been on the anchor, and the the thing I want to talk about uh, it ties in with the other thing that's been going around on anchor. This henchman and hirelings thing. I'm I'm looking for a, a mechanic, uh, a mechanism, a game mechanism to capture the feel of a squad a kind of squad uh, so like if you think of a party as a squad so you're playing a one-to-one game and then you've got like a little squad of guys with you I'm looking I'm looking for the right mechanic to capture that feel so 5e uh, page 250 there's some rules for like like mob rules and it's a sort of a well it's some sort of math it's a, there's a chart that tells you based on armor class and um, to hit bonus of the attacker and one thing and another if you've got so many attackers um, you'll get this many hits against whatever armor class now that's okay yeah we could i could work something along those lines the other thing i was thinking about was taking say you got um a party of say three first level fighters that are hirelings or henchmen whatever you want to call them uh so they got an attack each and they maybe do anything from a D8 to D12 damage with perhaps a bonus or not a bonus. Do you take their att- take their attacks and go so that, right, that's a swarm, swarmer guys or patroller guys, three guys, three attacks, and they do three times whatever their weapon damage is and you just, whoever, the player, the DM, whatever, whoever's controlling them, just uses them as uh, plays them as like a kind of a swarm so that was one idea i had so we've got mob rules or swarm rules the other thing i was thinking about and i i toyed with a sort of like i played a game a one-on-one session with my son last night um where he was in a, a patrol of six Goliaths, which are a monster, uh, kind of a a, uh, a PC race, alternate race out of Volo's Guide to Monsters, and they're like a kind of giant kin. They're like you know eight eight to eight and a half foot tall, kind of humanoid. They speak giant, and they're like a. I think of them like a, a cross between a big Klingon and a First Nations kind of character. Um, 
they're like a, a kind of a, a, a warrior-based society where honour's a big thing. So I run this scenario and they, they jump out of their base. They, I've got them as mountain-dwelling, nomadic hunter-gatherers who do a bit of herding of creatures that you would think in our world would be like goats and yaks stuff like that so like a kind of vaguely I don't know sort of a little bit Mongolian you know there's not an exact comparison in our world but you know they they kind of you know they keep a herd for food and milk and stuff so you got these sand trolls that pop that like like pop out of the ground they like dig shallow pits, cover themselves over, and then pop out of the ground and kind of attack these Goliaths, these Goliath tribesmen, rob their herds. And uh, understandably, the the herdsmen are not happy about this. So they uh, they consult with their gods and a shaman, cast the runes or whatever, and um, they have a... Uh, a wrestling match to determine who's going to lead the hunting party to go out and um, wreak vengeance on the sand trolls. So I'm after a mechanic to represent this this hunting band, this like sand troll hunting band. So I've got one PC five other similar characters now this is when I started thinking about this idea of uh, a mirroring kind of concept so what happened was they they basically long story short they tracked down these trolls these trolls are like subterranean they're like a reskin of a normal troll but they kind of burrow underground and they live in these subterranean tunnels. So they've they've tracked they've tracked them down, and there's two of these trolls and six Goliaths, and they're in a face-off. So straight away, I thought, right, split the combat into two groups. Three Goliaths go and take each troll. Seems reasonable. Now, the way I did it was, I just said. Um, to the PC, my son, right, You, you, your group is going to deal with this troll, the other group is going to deal with the other troll. What I'd never said to him was, basically, all of the group were going to mirror what he was doing. So if he hit, they hit. Um, And... This is this is what I'm a little bit concerned about because it's that makes it very swingy. If he does a lot of bad rolls, they're going to get creamed. Um, so I thought, right, if I divide the troll he's fighting into thirds, I think um, he needed to do. They got they got nearly nine. I think they got nearly ninety hit points. So he had to do about thirty damage, and the troll is regenerating 
uh, about nine or ten hit points a turn. Uh, so I said that it, he was dealing with a third of that troll. So each turn, about three hit points of that third was recovering. If he hit, gen, generally he was doing about uh, 11 or 12 hit points. So he, he basically need to, needed to get in like three solid hits in a row and that troll would be taken care of. Um, so it, it, it was pretty good. I mean, it, it was brutal uh, and the troll deals out a lot of damage and I just, um, it's got three attacks. So I basically kind of just like spread the damage through the three that were fighting him. And if I'm honest, I can't exactly remember what I did, but basically it was like this idea of three parties attacking one monster and then sectioning it into like fractions. So if there was three of them I've divided it into first if there'd have been four I'd have like quartered it up and the other combatants just mirrored what he was doing so if if he hit they all hit if he missed they all missed I don't know but result of this was you know it's a pretty you know it's a good fun session I didn't have to you know he wasn't he wasn't sitting there whilst I rolled like five other attacks and one thing and another, but I'm sure there's a better way of doing it. But that was just one thing that I did recently. I thought I'd throw it out to you guys, and I kind of just um, I would welcome feedback on that. This all started because I was reading into the odd, and they got a rule for there in detach. They got a rule in there for detachments where um, a PC can have like a like a retinue of guys uh, I've not played it I've just read it and that is like a kind of um an abstracted kind of it's like an abstracted ab, abstracted combat mechanic where you've got like a like this detachment basically there's a leader and a, like a bunch of guys and and it's kind of like a swarm and there's some interesting stuff in it like they they can only be they don't really they don't really suffer from mundane attacks and normal attacks you have to hit them with some pretty heavy fire to kind of make much of an impression on them and stuff like that and it's just it just got me it it's not what I'm trying to do but it got me thinking if that makes any sense okay so anchor has just had a meltdown and I'm back I've recovered the episode uh, recorded so far and I will try and pick up where I left off so regarding the one-on-one -on -one gaming I haven't forgotten about Scarlet Heroes I'm still kind of processing some of the rules from that um, I've downloaded the the sort of um, the free version the light version of that that um, Glenn mentioned I can't think of the name of it now it escapes me but uh, yeah I'm checking into that also Whilst I'm I'm going to wind up this episode shortly, I notice uh, a few folks uh, haven't done an episode lately. Shane Ward, um, Gilligan's Isle of ADD, man, I'm missing you, bro. Um, 
hoping you're going to get something out soon. And uh, Goblin Stomper, conspicuous by your absence. Uh, hope hope everything's cool. I'm assuming you're just busy with other stuff, but uh, yeah, I was really getting into your podcast, and uh, it, it'd be a shame if you didn't get a few more episodes out, man. Also, um, Mr. Hobbs, uh, Jason, man, um, I know you've had a hard time with your Hobbs and friends at the OSR. I've listened to the latest episode. I really enjoyed it, and I'm, you know, I've got my fingers crossed. Hope you can iron out all the wrinkles and the technicalities and whatnot regarding getting your RSS feed sorted. Uh, all the best with that, man. I look forward to hearing some good news on that front soon. And um, I, 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 uh, I, f- I think I speak for everyone in saying that, um, you know. We all owe you a little bit, man, at least for getting this anchor thing going, you know. Now, it's Friday night here in the UK, and um, I'm going to now randomly roll on my Maze Rats table to determine where I'm going to go for my evening's entertainment. So, I have rolled the Ghastly Boot Inn. So... If anybody fancies a few jars at the Ghastly Boot Inn, that is where you will find me this evening. Take care. Look after yourselves. I'll catch you later. Whoops, almost forgot. Uh, Thanks to everybody who called in. Thanks to the listeners. And um, I meant to talk about random encounter tables. I've, I've been doing some random encounter tables, but that will be next episode.